Hi everyone, my name is Laura, and you're listening to LF Photo Space, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. Guys, welcome to another week. As we close out the month of March, we will bring you a couple of my favorite female artists in honor of Women's Month, because yes, we cannot forget that we women rock, and no matter what we do, we rock it, we bring it, and we do it as we should. So to get us started for this week, we're going to talk a little bit about what each of those crazy photography terms mean. So if you've heard many of my podcasts, you'll know that I talk about certain lingo or speak certain lingo, and maybe it's not something that you comprehend if you're not as active in your photography as you want to be, or if you're listening to us for fun because you really just want to get the hang of it, but you really want to get a better understanding. Well, thanks to our friends at Petopixel, it is actually a website dedicated to all things photography as well. They have given us a quick breakdown of what those photography terms mean and basically have created a glossary of the most used terms in the art of photography. Now, according to Petapixel, the world of photography is very much full of terms and phrases that really can be a little bit confusing for new photographers, especially if you're starting as a photo influencer or if you're just starting out. So these guys put together a really complete glossary of everything that you really want to know the meaning of if you're just getting started in the world of photography. And so there's a bit of an index where you can go from A through Z or zero to nine, where you'll get a better understanding of what some of those words are. Now we're going to talk a little bit about what the most used terms are, but please feel free to go ahead and check out the link once we post it on our Instagram page. But now if you look at your index or the index that is provided by the site, and there you can jump to each section or any of the sections that you might be interested in. And it basically serves as certain terms are posted. There are links to each of those. And there are also more thorough guides that can give you a deeper understanding of the topics or the wording that we've used for specific topics. And so for the first one, if we're going to go to A, we'll talk about active autofocus and active autofocus or perhaps an autofocus system is a system in which the camera that emits a red beam that bounces off the subject actually returns back or returns to the camera and is detected in order to determine the distance from the camera to the subject. Some cameras you may see it, other cameras you may not. So some you know, may make a sound, a quick slight beep. If not, as you look through your lens, you'll have a better understanding about how your active autofocus works. So the camera that uses this reading is actually able to adequately adjust the focus and lock in on the subject that you're actually photographing. So that is 
a brief definition of active out of focus. If we continue on with the letter A, you'll also may or may not have heard Adobe or perhaps the term Adobe, whether it be the program, whether it be Adobe in general, we're gonna break it down. And so Adobe is actually an American software company that is based in California. And there are many flagship products that it does create and it has created for us photographers in general. And it does also include what we know of as Adobe Photoshop. And this is a very widely used software program by us photographers, specifically photographers, more over video photographers, and of course, other creatives across a wide range of industries. So this type of program is actually very, very thorough in how it dedicates a specific part of that type of software to those that are specifically inclined to being designers, to being videographers, photographers, graphic designers, etc., etc. Now, moving on from Adobe, you'll also find that we have Adobe Camera Raw. And I'm sure that you've heard in many of my other podcasts where I've talked about Adobe Raw. We'll continue to talk about these, but at a much later date. But for now, we'll focus on what Adobe Camera Raw is. And it's also known as ACR, Adobe Camera Raw. <laughs> and it is an Adobe Photoshop plugin that actually lets you import, process, and greatly enhance raw images, raw photographs without having to go through Adobe Lightroom. Because again, Adobe Lightroom is a different sub-program and it does offer a plugin for those of us who are actually in the use of Adobe Photoshop. Now, another term that falls under the letter A is AE lock, which actually stands for auto exposure lock. And this is in a camera, or it's actually a camera function that allows us photographers to lock the current exposure settings. Now, what that means is that this particular lock enables the photographer to shoot photos without the camera recalculating to the necessary settings for perhaps your most optimal exposure before every single shot. And of course, when we continue in the AE and the A process, you have a second type of lock that it's called the AF lock. And this is, and it stands for autofocus lock and an autofocus lock is a camera feature that allows you as a photographer to freeze the current focus or freeze the focus point of that lens that you're working with and it actually enables you to shoot a photo at any time independently of whether the camera determines it has achieved a correct focus. Now, let me rephrase that. Again, AF lock, autofocus lock. Basically what it does is it allows you to shoot a photo at any time separately of whether or not your camera is able to determine that it has actually achieved a setup or pre-focused correct focus. All right. So keep that in mind. And if we continue to move forward, we will touch on ambient light and ambient light is 
the most effective definition that I can provide you with is ambient light is any light in a scene that the photographer did not introduce artificially and so this includes both natural lighting from your element or from the sun and artificial light that is already illuminating a location that you are in so ambient light is basically what you're surrounding yourself with as you're photographing your subject as well as that natural lighting that may or may not reflect from a window or if you're standing outside if you're between a shadow and natural light that's basically a brief definition of ambient light and so the next word is angle of view or AOV and basically what it means is that it is another term for field of view for the depth of view or for the angle in which you're viewing the area that you're going to use for your photography or for your photographs now one particular word that we have and continue to always use is that of aperture and many of you may question and say wait but what is aperture what is shutter speed not to worry initially we're going to talk about your aperture and then we'll slowly move into shutter speed but at a different time but just to be able to give you the gist of it this is what aperture is now an aperture in a camera is the opening of a diaphragm within a lens that light passes through on its way into your camera i hope you guys got that so it's an opening of the diaphragm within a lens where light passes through on its way back into your camera this is one of the most fundamental settings that many of us photographers use and this is a setting too that allows you to be able to control the exposure that you're going to be using while you're photographing and it's a great component of the exposure triangle that we basically have talked about in previous podcasts but we want to make sure that you understand well how well we're describing it and for you guys to have a better understanding of it and your aperture is usually measured and expressed as a number known as the f which is the f number and of course the f stop so basically aperture is the f number of the f stop so technically what we discussed on our last podcast if you're shooting at a 2.8 f stop that is the aperture so the 2.8 stands for the number of the opening of the diaphragm at which the light is going to go in and automatically go out so it's it's a process and of course the f-stop is that specific number 2.8 5.6 11 4.0 etc etc now continuing to our path of jumping from angle of view to aperture to aperture priority we come to aperture priority and the quick and very slim definition of aperture priority is when a camera exposure mode in which you as a photographer sets the aperture and the camera automatically sets the shutter speed in order to achieve optimal exposure all based on lighting conditions 
that are obviously detected by the built-in light meter that your camera has. So in other words, it's basically giving your camera the priority to go into this specific mode in order to set the aperture that the camera is going to connect through to the shutter speed in order to get the best possible exposure on the subject or the object, of course, also surrounding the lighting conditions that are detected by the built-in light meter that is already very small, but it is included in your camera. Continuing on with the letter A, we talk about Apex. And what Apex is, is actually, it is short for Additive System of Photographic Exposure. Again, Apex, Additive System of Photographic Exposure. And this is a system for simple exposure computation that was initially proposed in the 1960s by the ISA or the ASA, I should say, that is the standard regarding monochrome film speed. So again, Apex is additive system of photographic exposure, and it's a system for simple exposure computation that was initially proposed in the 1960 ASA standard regarding the monochrome film speed at which your film is automatically connected to the speed at which your shutter speed is going to grasp that light and therefore you will have an image. And keep in mind that most of the stuff is can be related to actually analog photography but digital as well. Now, while the Apex has failed originally, to become a fundamental standard in the camera industry, I would say that the use of the AV and the TV to refer to the aperture and the shutter speed both live on in many of today's modern cameras. So you may not have heard of it or maybe it doesn't really make a lot of sense to you right now, but it is still included. It is part of what digital cameras have right now or many of today's modern cameras. And so that's where it stays, <laughs> to say the least. Now, continuing on, you have something that is APS-C and APS-C, sorry, I apologize, APS dash C is advanced photosystem type C and this is a format for digital image sensors that are already included in your camera that are roughly about the same dimensions as the advanced photo system which is the APS and we previously discussed it. Now anything that has the advanced photo system basically included in many of our film negative roles is actually classic format and that's where the C comes from. So again, APS-C, Advanced Photosystem Type C, and the C stands for Classic Film Negative System. Okay, and it measures between 25.1 millimeters by 16.7 millimeters. 
and it has an aspect ratio of three to two and really you can actually find it in many of today's digital cameras but for those cameras or certain digital cameras the format might be a little bit smaller than the standard 35 millimeter film so this one is also known as the cropped frame sensor usually with a crop factor of 1.5 millimeters or 1.6 x millimeters if that makes sense now continuing on we did APS-C now we're moving on to APS-H advanced photo system type age which is a format again for digital sensors that is based on the dimensions of the advanced photo system under APS that officially comes in through your film negative and this is actually high definition so one is C for classic and this one H is for high definition and it's the type of format okay and again this is not really commonly found in many digital cameras because the APS-H has a crop factor of about 1.25 millimeters or 1.3 millimeters compared to standard 35 millimeter film now if you want to dive a little deeper into the definition of this particular word or phrase please make sure that you do that continue to google continue to inform yourselves now we're going to go ahead and talk a few about a few more another one is archival and i'm sure that you guys have heard of it endlessly continuously and what archival stands for is perhaps the quality and the ability of an image to remain unchanged in appearance for an extended period of time and you can actually refer this to data storage technologies for digital imagery or perhaps paper for ink and of course storage qualities that normally are used for photographic prints and if you have any experience with developing analog film and printing in an actual darkroom you'll know exactly what i'm talking about because dependent on the paper that you're going to be using or that you've used to make those prints come to life this is where archival comes in to make sure that you're keeping the best quality possible for your image and if you are more of a digital photographer or maybe a digital nomad then you'll know that when you're printing these images the quality of the paper whether it's fiber paper whether it's a specific type of you know high-end high quality type of you know individual photographic paper that this is where this type of phrase falls in it's the ability to per pertain quality maintain quality and make sure that you retain whatever type of structure that image or the piece of work that you worked on actually has and so continuing to move along we'll talk about asa 
And so ASA is short for American Standards Association, which is what we just talked about. The standards body that defined the ASA system, perhaps for the rating and the speed sensitivity of photographic emulsions. Now, this is a private nonprofit organization that has since been Uh, it's been renamed the American National Standards Institute under ANSI and in about 1974 ASA and DIN were actually combined into the ISO standards used by many of us photographers today. Now what does that mean? Well, it's basically it, it served as an upgrade for the standard, I'm sorry, the American Standard Association in combination with the Institute. And it became an Institute and both combined in order to be something that we know for ISO standards by many of us photographers today. Hopefully that makes sense. I know it sounds a little bit confusing, but once you start taking a look at it and once you do a little more research, it will definitely make a little more sense. Now, aspect ratio. We have briefly discussed this and we have briefly talked about it, but this is our opportunity to get a little bit more behind the scenes about what this is. And so aspect ratio is the ratio of an images with compared to its height. So basically what it means is this is expressed as the two numbers that are separated by a colon. If you've noticed, you know, um, more, more of a common usage of the words or the ratio itself includes a lot of the work that has been included in the use of film and of course digital photography to include four to three, 3 to 2, 16 to 9, 5 to 3, 5 to 4, and 1 to 1, and all of them including, of course, the colon. Now, for a spherical lens, which is our next uh, phrase under the letter A, and a spherical lens is actually an optical lens in which the surface curves are not really or don't seem to be portions of a sphere, if that makes sense again. Um, now, compared to traditional non-aspheric lenses, the more complex shape of aspherical lenses actually allows light rays to be more precisely converged onto a single focal point. Thus, being able to reduce various types of optical aberrations. Now, what does that mean in Lehman's terms? It basically means that it is found in higher-end camera lenses that are geared toward professional photographers because of the use of the optical lens. Now, it's depending on the curve of the actual lens where you're talking about the ability for that a spherical lens to capture light rays to be more precise and to land within one focal point. 
okay and if you guys have any questions about any of these terms please at any point dm us send us a message let us know what you're thinking so that we can go ahead and provide you with as much information as possible we want to make this something that's fun something that's interesting we just don't want to make it too complicated where you're really not interested and it's really not something that you think that you'll ever use but believe it or not you will and another term that we'll talk about is astrophotography now this doesn't mean that it's astrology <laughs> this means that this is astronomical photography and it has to do with shooting photos of the night sky or anything that you find within it including perhaps space objects and of course events now advancements in camera in many of our cameras actually with computing and the telescopic technologies and the accompanying reduction in the prices of such cameras have really opened the door to astronomical photos that were pretty much impossible to take just a few years ago we're talking about maybe 10 15 years ago and this has led to an explosion of highly detailed space photos from amateur astronomers and of course amateur photographers or even those professional photographers so if you look online and you search anything that's related to space this is where we kind of connect those two so the astrophotography aspect of it and we come back with what we like to call the autofocus which many of us have on our cameras whether it be a handheld whether it be a digital whether it be a film camera you have that autofocus option sometimes depending on the type of camera that you do have you may not necessarily see it or may not necessarily use it because if you've done it in school you'll know that it's better if you do manual focus but for the sake of describing it we want to make sure that you guys understand that an autofocus if it doesn't come or it's not included with your camera or within the body of your camera it actually can be automatically included with your lens many of today's lenses do include an autofocus where if your camera is limited to this option the actual lens will do it for you and so autofocus this is a system in a camera not all cameras but most cameras that will automatically focus a lens on a selected point or a selected area within that particular scene now if you consider it um actively achieved perhaps within um, sound or light or maybe passively with a phrase or contract detection or perhaps even in a hybrid way through a variety of means which I just mentioned it usually generally does involve a sensor a controller and of course a motor so for you to have a better understanding about what your autofocus's purpose is within your camera and within your lens. Now, moving on to the letter B, you have back button focus. And of course, this is a camera technique in which your autofocus, as we just mentioned, the function of it is actually moved from the shutter button to a button on the back of your camera. Now this gives the photographer, you as a photographer, more control of the photography process as 
different fingers will be responsible for exposing photos and of course for the autofocusing part while you are taking your photographs. Now we have a few more words and phrases as part of the photography glossary, but we want to keep it short because we want you guys to go through the experience and if you're able to, to read on on the basic and the most complex words and phrases for photography that you've heard or that you have continuously begun to use and what the meaning behind them are. Now, make sure that you go to petapixel.com and check out the glossary for photography if you don't know where the link is please feel free to look at her instagram page so that you can click on it there and it'll take you directly to the actual glossary if you have any questions about some of the phrases that we've discussed please let us know please reach out to us at any time like i've said in the past we are a community of openness we accept everything comments commentary ideas and suggestions we want you to know that we do this for fun this is not something that we take lightly this is for the love and the admiration of the world and the art of photography so guys we'll be back next week with another exciting episode and we hope that you'll continue to listen in and check in with us have a wonderful rest of your week mm -hmm.